0: Hi, I'm Aaron. Uh, You you lost me with your sexy voice voice already.
1: (laughs) I wasn't ready. Wow. Her. Excuse me. Wow. Let's try that again. me come back to a Aaron. Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly. Their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek. To seek out cool things and pick them apart. To boldly complain as no one's complained before.
0: I'm Aaron, and this is Paul. I don't understand the laugh, Paul. Oh well, because you edited out the previous conversation. Uh, uh-huh, yeah,
1: yeah. But,
0: so Aaron had a froggy voice when we start, first started this podcast. I,
1: I, I had deep throated a frog. I mean, it was just—it was just, his, his legs were in the back of my throat, just kicking. We're starting. We're starting there. Right? We're starting. In place. We're starting. We're just going to go ahead and start at eleven. We're <laughs> exactly. Going we're going to start at seven of nine. Oh no! <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, I I thought you know when you and I talked about we're recording this on Monday. Yes. Uh, and I I thought that when we made this decision to record, I was like, yeah, you know, not a lot of news this week. We're just going to talk about uh, we're just going to talk about uh, Stardust City Rag, you know, episode five of Star Trek Picard. But no, Paul, all the news. All the news landed today.
0: There is a. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a polite way to say this, but a, a veritable fuck ton of news has been released over the last. That is right. Like 24 to 48 yeah. hours.
1: But it, Eric, it was a. We warp, get started. It on was, this oh, – Go ahead. Sure. I was going to say it's a warp core breach of news.
0: Yeah, that's much better than what Wait. I said. Much more perfect. But I was was speaking in my CBS All Access voice. There
1: you go. There you go. You were you were using your uh, your your good fight voice. Yeah,
0: I was using my Star Trek: The Card Star Trek Discovery voice, Uh, not my Star Trek uh Next Generation uh voice. I don't know. Shame. I feel like we should just cancel the podcast and talk about the remake of Little Shop of Horrors that just got announced. I need to stop looking at the.
1: There is a. There is a remake of Little Shop of Horrors?
0: Apparently, with Chris Evans as the dentist and Taryn Edgerton as Seymour and Scarlett Johansson as Audrey. Not feeling it, Aaron. It's ruined my day. You know, I I can't. I can't. I I gotta uh,
1: say. I kind of say I, I kind of feel like that the, that uh, Little Shop of Horrors movie with Rick Moranis and Steve Martin and others. Yeah. is kind of a perfect movie. I don't disagree. I don't know why you'd mess with that. I don't disagree. I mean i, I still have that. I still have that soundtrack. Well, and he,
0: that's a good soundtrack. It is. It's a great soundtrack. Um, you know, I saw that play in, in New York um, with much of the cast from the movie. Um in the play, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm i'm' I'm sad about this news, and I don't get me wrong. I'm actually a fan of all three of those actors. I like Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson and Taryn oh, yeah. um I just that's a movie that I don't know that I want to see again.
1: um yeah, well, I don't need know that I need to see it remade. yeah, you know I but you know I it, something that I've noticed is i i it's like Little Shop of Horrors is in frequent rotation right now because like on television sitcoms i keep seeing references to it <laughs> which is weird i'm like i'm like it was on uh, i want to say it was on a modern family i know it was on american housewife it's both shows my wife watches mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. seems like i'm seeing a lot of reference to it lately
0: it, perhaps it's the number 27 aaron
1: it could be it could be or 72 or 72 or 2 of 7 or 7 of 9 oh <laughs> Uh, all right, so
0: yes, um, <laughs> discounting our little shop of hard news, um, there was actually Star Trek news. We're not just delaying because there's no Star Trek news. There's tons of stuff. Yeah, there. we're not
1: vamping. No, they, 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 we're this, not this vamping. Is last at all.
0: week's episode. No. This is this week's episode, and we <laughs> have stuff to discuss.
1: So last week, Star Trek Discovery season three wrapped uh, photography. Yeah. yeah, done, done, and that's important. Because they told us that they would immediately go into uh, shooting Section 31 once Star Trek Discovery Season 3 wrapped. So, you know, Michelle Yeoh is going to be busy. I mean, I assume she's in uh, Discovery Season 3, mm-hmm. and now she's going to be, uh, you know, shooting this uh, Section 31 show, but Aaron, whatever they wind up calling that. But Aaron, i got to stop you there. Because okay, stop did, me. Stop me, Paul, if you can.
0: <laughs> did we not just read a week or two ago that Star Trek is dead? D E D dead. Well, there is no section. We 31. did,
1: Paul. You're absolutely right. We did read that, but according to Forbes, an article I read today, Viacom CBS says, "Get ready for a lot more Star Trek." A warp core mm. breach worth a
0: Star Trek. A Star
1: Trek. That's right. <laughs> That's right. A and a, a warp core breach of Star Trek. That is what's going to happen because, uh, and they 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 tell us. That in addition to everything that we knew that was in production, Star Trek Picard going to season two, it already got approved for that. Star Trek Discovery season three just finished. We're going to the Section 31 show with Michelle Yeoh, plus the unnamed Nickelodeon show, plus the Lower Deck show. That's five five different Star Trek shows right now. There are two more coming.
0: Yeah, they do say that Lower Decks and Discovery will be ready for airing in May, but haven't decided which one will be released first. I hope it's Discovery, given that as a season three, things like that are a bit time-dependent. You know, I don't yeah, like waiting well, and, 3 years between seasons on on shows.
1: Plus you want to keep the heat going with Picard, yeah. right? You've got all these people who've subscribed to CBS All Access. You want to keep them on the hook. And
0: Lower Decks isn't that yet, would not an funny.
1: animated show. No, no. But two, two more shows. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and ratchet this count up to 7 ongoing Star Trek shows. So the two more shows just to clarify. That is not inclusive of Section 31. That is not inclusive of Section 31.
0: Hmm. Could These it are per- two new things. Well, the rumor – or one of the rumors I read today from undisclosed insider sources – not mine. The, the article referenced uh-huh. undisclosed insider sources. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the article – I don't recall the name of the website, but I'll uh, look it up by the time I'm finished with the statement uh, – says that their insider sources – have confirmed that one of those two shows that is in produ- or that will be going into production is going to be a Captain Pike and the, en- the Enterprise uh, Star Trek show. This is with from a G- brand new 5-year mission. With a brand new 5-year mission, this is from giantfreakandrobot.com. Um a 5-year mission featuring Captain Pike and the established and the crew that we've seen of the Enterprise. You can get you all the Rebecca wow. Romaine that you've been
1: desiring all that rebecca romaine mm 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 i i got to tell you you know the the article went on to say that it wasn't confirmed that they had the actors i guarantee you based on how anson mount has been so pro star trek since his uh, last role ended with star trek I guarantee you, he's taking the part. Oh yeah, whatever's on his calendar. I guarantee you. Same with Ethan Peck. Same with Rebecca Romijn. I know they're not confirmed yet. They're going to wait and do. Yeah, well, they're going to wait and do some announcements, some strategic announcements. But I guarantee you that if Star Trek uh, uh, Captain Pike got greenlit, he is down for it. So here becomes he. He. he, I mean, go. I'm sorry. Here, the, the question. What's the question, Paul? What would the
0: show be named? Because you can't you know, call it
1: Star Trek I, I, Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you got to call it, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe like First Mission?
0: Yeah, Star <laughs> first, Trek, I don't the know. first
1: generation? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it seems a little too on the nose to call it Star Trek Pike. Yeah, I don't want to give that. You've got that's a Star Trek Picard.
0: Because I would like to see it somewhere along the lines of what we've seen in other Star Trek shows, but we already have a Star Trek Enterprise. Um, yeah. So, you know, pretty much every show since next generation has been named after the, the ship, the ship, right. You deep space nine Voyager enterprise and now discovery. Right. So I'm curious to see what, what, what they'll go with, yeah. with the name.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I did. I haven't had a long enough time to think about it other than to go, well, what the hell will they call that show? <laughs> but it, it can't be Pike. And it, and you're, you're right. It can't be enterprise either. Yeah.
0: Or can it just right so, off that old Enterprise out of uh,
1: out of continuity? Fuck that show, <laughs> fuck that show. Except the pilot, <laughs> except for literally yeah. the <laughs> only good pilot in
0: Star Trek history.
1: Well, I don't know. Season four was pretty good. No, that's true. Season four with uh, with what was it Manny Coto who was uh, show running at yeah. the time. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good uh, pretty good until <laughs> until the end. Fair, fair. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah, it was a bad series. Yeah. End. But you know, I I gotta say, I you know, I I think some people in the world are out there going, okay, that's seriously, that's too much Star Trek. Not true. <laughs> Not true, I say i am I am super excited, and i think c b s uh, Viacom is making the right decision to give us more of what we want because Picard's been successful, discovery is finally successful um i certainly the uh the short treks I know paul you 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 were not as wild about them, but I love the animated uh short trek. I thought that was a lot of fun um and I'm looking forward to lower decks wow. so I'm real curious as to what the other show might be. Could it be a Klingon show? You know, what's that other? It's because it's got to be different. Well, it's right? not that. You've is it that con show? Because they haven't confirmed that that's oh, no yeah. longer in they production,
0: did. right? But they did confirm that something that it was that's being true. written right by Nicholas Meyer.
1: Well, we know that we know that Nicholas Meyer refers to his time on Star Trek in the past tense, so we know yeah. that. Uh, you, you know, because I like I I read that uh, Sherlock Holmes book he recently put out, and he, there is an essay by him, and he, and he does refer to his time on Star Trek clearly in the past tense on Star Trek Discovery hmm. and uh, working with the with uh, CBS All Access. So, um, I I if they do do the con show, which I think would be really interesting. Um, that doesn't seem like an ongoing series. That almost seems like a, a limited series. Yeah,
0: I'd imagine like – Maybe one or two seasons. We'll, we'll see something hinted at in Discovery Season 3 um, or the upcoming yeah. Short Treks. You know, I, I, the, the rumor that we read a couple weeks ago was that Discovery Season 3 would be the last. I don't know. You know, I'm very curious. You know, given – it to me, the premise of Discovery Season 3 could go one of two ways they could have either opened themselves up to a ton of possibility and years worth of storylines or they could have pigeonholed themselves into a corner and really about one more year worth of storyline before it wraps up um and i'm i'm you know kind of like a there are a number of sci-fi shows we see do that right that they they kind of don't have that full game plan going in and then they make some type of significant time jump or re, you know reality altering thing like fringe for example and it's like, oh, okay, now we just got to end the story. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, very curious to see what Discovery Season Three will bring. Hopefully, we'll get more uh, an announcement of its release date soon. I don't think there are any upcoming events uh, by which it could be announced before between now and May. So, I, I assume it'll just be some kind of press release.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there is the Star Trek cruise coming up and Star Trek Las Vegas in the summer. So there could be some big announcements there. And then there's always San Diego and Star Trek had a huge presence at San Diego last year.
0: True. True. But I mean, for something to be announced to be released in May post Picard, right? Like Picard we've Oh, sure. Yeah. Picard really only has five episodes left,
1: right? That's right. Five more weeks. So we'll be done uh, by the time April gets around. Yeah. And there's no, but that's about right. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna drop something in May, you you know, you wrap up Picard in the first week of April, and you know, you could launch in May, and I mean, that's just a couple of weeks that people are yeah. down. So, I
0: yeah. guess we'll find out something hopefully before we wrap up this season of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly.
1: Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt we'll know much about the two new. Oh, shows. not the. No, no, we'll know about what's coming next, yeah. though. Like. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, if they don't have some kind of blurb at the end of the last episode of Picard about what the next Star Trek series is and when it's going to hit, that's a huge mistake. Yeah. I hope they should, they should have something at the end of that episode going, you know, you love, you love Picard. Stick around for Michael Burnham.
0: <laughs> it's just like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just like that. that. Just like that. So, Paul, there was one other bit of news that I was pretty excited about today, and and that's that the producers of the Deep Deep Space Nine documentary, What We Left Behind, is... In the process of, of developing another documentary for the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager, and this, of course, would be a Voyager documentary. Uh, and it looks like they're going to kick off uh, principal photography on the Star Trek cruise this summer.
0: Interesting. Will it be called What We Wish We Had Left Behind, or...?
1: <laughs> god you're so you're so bad i'm so hateful you know there there are some there are some good star trek voyager i
0: just want you to know i have not been thinking about that joke all day it just popped in my head
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I, I i think i mentioned on a previous episode that when i'm sick i i watch star trek voyager because i can sleep through it <laughs> <laughs> but there are but the part of the problem was when i when i was sick this this uh you know earlier in, in the month uh I hit some episodes that are really good, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to sleep. This, this is the one with Tuvix, you know, where Tuvok and Neelix get beamed together. I love that episode. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, because it's got the it, it's got that super dark ending. Spoilers: <laughs> where Janeway has to make the decision to kill Tuvix so that she can bring back Tuvok and Neelix because Tuvix is his own person. I mean, it is a brilliantly dark. Uh, <laughs> Uh, brilliantly, a dark episode, and you know ever since I read the fifty year mission, the oral history of star mm-hmm. trek uh and there's an interview there with Ron Moore, and he talks about the reason why he went off and did Battlestar was because of the stories they wouldn't let him do on Voyager mm. and I'm like, oh my God, I see that because you know they're both about resource management yeah. right you know you're you're no longer in a world where you have all the all, all the everything you ever needed. You've got limited air, you've got limited food, you know, you, you 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 don't have enough power. Uh and while Voyager plays it down like, Well, I can't I can't replicate my coffee. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, know, you see Battlestar Galactica that they're like, Shit, we don't have enough air. Yeah <laughs> You know. Uh it really made me take a, a different look at, at uh Star Trek Voyager. Hmm. You know, you you kinda see it through that Ron Moore lens and you're like, This show would have been so cool if they'd let Ron Moore do stuff.
0: Yeah. But, you know, know. to a certain extent that we wouldn't have gotten Battlestar Galactica, uh, which was another great series. Um, Well, actually, I think you and I are one of the few people are few, not one, two of the few people uh, who actually kind of liked the ending of Battlestar Galactica.
1: Yeah, I, I I like Battlestar Galactica from beginning to end. I don't think the ending was fantastic, but it's not an ending that makes me hate the entire no. series. It's actually same with it, Sopranos. Sopranos I'm looking. At.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I I I I give Voyager a hard time because I will say out of all the shows it is the one I enjoy the least, the least. on rewatch. Yeah. Um Mm-hmm. But I think that's because there are I mean, there are bright, shining moments in Voyager There are bright, shining moments in all Star Trek shows Even, you know, but I, I think with Voyager It was it was inconsistent, right? Like, we, you can look at Star Trek The Next Generation And say, Woof, that first season was shit And then, woof, that second season was just a little less shitty But then it hit its stride, right? Uh, but that's also
1: true of Next Generation Oh, that's what I was referring to What did I say? Oh, yeah, you said Voyager oh, no, yeah, no, I was referring to Next I Generation I really listen to what you said <laughs> I don't even listen to Voyager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So that was what
0: I was saying about next generation. As far as Voyager, I think it never truly even though it lasted 7 years, I don't think it ever truly hit a consistent stride. It it had moments of of greatness um that were maybe this is part of what Ron Mars talking about that they they kind of uh, wasted yeah. the the opportunity for long-term investment in quality and consistency.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, I I agree Star Trek Voyager is wildly uneven season to season, um, but no other Star Trek show has ever given you Year in Hell Parts 1 and 2, in which, I mean, that they really played some things hard in those episodes and, and took Star Trek to a place that it had not before then been. And I, I was, I've always been really impressed by uh, Year in Hell Parts 1 and 2.
0: Who knew that we would talk this much about Star Trek Voyager?
1: Not me, yeah. not me. But I'm, but I'm, I'm, I am secretly delighted. I'm
0: actually kind of a little depressed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're depressed, we really should get into uh, Star Trek: Picard, Episode Five, Season One, Stardust City Rag, because wow, um, you know, we uh, we kind of get our heart broken in the first few moments of that. Episode.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts off uh, so assuming that you guys have seen this, so spoiler warnings on, um, I don't want to turn Star Trek with Aaron and Paulie into the Star Trek where Aaron likes something and Paul hates on it um, show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but okay. the
0: gore at the beginning of this episode was a bit off-putting, and this is from someone who likes horror. I just didn't expect it in a Star Trek show. and this sh- And it so- begins very gory.
1: Well, so what Paul is referring to is we open up uh, onto a scene. I think it was thirteen years ago. Correct? They tell us 13. something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, which was strange because we've been fourteen years up to now, but now it's thirteen years. And we cut to a room where uh, a, a a Borg drone, a former Borg drone, is being dissected, and. You know, I tell you, there was a there was a moment where I was like, I kind of is that I'm not sure. And uh, seven bursts in, seven of nine bursts in, shoots down the the, the people doing the work, and uh, finds that it's Ichib from Star Trek Voyager, the young drone amongst other drones that she had rescued from the Borg, and, and that she had kind of raised as her as her own. You know, he he was he became sort of her surrogate son. And, you know, Echeb had been just was being taken apart, like, you know, they're pulling out his his optical implants, you know, and they're trying to find his his uh, what was it his optical cortex or his cerebral cortex or what have you, you know, trying to get to the to the good parts inside of uh, of Echeb. And he has been so dismantled that he's uh, suffering a slow and painful death and seven ha- has to kill him, give him a mercy killing. you know she euthanizes him uh, you know with the you know uh, you know, my child at the end of it. Um, I saw an interview with Michael Shabon about that, and you know uh, fans were fussing at him about how uh, violent that scene was. And you know his comment uh, was that they didn't have a whole lot of time to establish seven of nine's relationship with Echeb. And that uh, they decided that they could, you know, really juice the scene. They could really increase the emotional stakes by making it more violent. Um, and also send the message about how horrible these people are who are dismantling drones. Um, so, you know, I, I I hear what you're saying, Paul. I enjoyed the scene. I enjoyed the scene not in like, yeah, give me more guts and glory. I enjoyed... The emotional stakes it applied, and I thought that it was effective. I did not feel like it was gratuitous. Well, you're just a horrible person, Aaron. I well, I I don't (laughs) disagree, and I think most of our listeners will say the same. Uh,
0: I I feel like had I known going in, and I just need to get into a better mindset that I was a horrible person. Time do that. Um, (laughs) I just feel like I need to get into a better mindset when something like that happens because I got used to it in Discovery. And I will say the F-bombs that they drop about once an episode in Picard have – I've gotten used to them. I don't love them. They, they're, but they're not as uh-huh. as grating as the first couple were because that first one is always like,
1: <sighs>
0: why? <laughs> um, so – but I, I just it, – it, it caught me off guard, especially like the pulling of the eyeball
1: and all that stuff. Um, it was very – it was hostile, you know, hostile-esque I, violence. I do feel like – Best of Both Worlds is pretty gratuitous in the manner in which Picard is assimilated. And we see a lot of that same kind of PG-13 level horror in First Contact. Yeah. I mean, I think that that these are elements of Star Trek that we have seen before. Yeah, we don't see them a lot, but I do feel like we've seen them. I mean, w- one of the scenes that and it's, this is from a PG rated movie, one of the scenes that I find the most disturbing in Star Trek is the bodies hanging from the ceiling in Wrath of Khan, yeah. you know, when, when, uh, you know, uh, Kirk McCoy and Savick beam over to, to, uh, the space station and, you know, cons killed everyone there and just hung their bodies all over the place. And it was it McCoy runs into an arm hanging from the ceiling and it's just so wet with blood. It's just a gross scene. I, that, that scene I, I, I feel like is is even more gross than this one. Hmm. I
0: mean I, I get it. it it was shocking and it, hearing the choices that they made to inspire that that reaction
1: I, I was just a little off put by it but you know I'm just approved. I, I, I don't disagree I don't I don't disagree. That it's an it's an off putting scene. I think it's designed to unsettle. It's also designed to help you understand the choice Seven makes at the end of the episode. Fair,
0: and I will say, sp- uh, spoiler warnings on for this episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Um, despite my qualms, which I will discuss in in great detail here shortly, um, I think this is actually my favorite episode of Picard.
1: It's a great episode. Um, I, I, uh, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed. It, it's funny that as dark as that opening scene is that there's a lot of whimsy in this episode as well uh you know that that you know we 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 go to credits we come back you know we're, we're still in the las arena we've come into orbit of uh, free cloud and they've got to go down to the planet and uh you know they got they got it they got a, it's essentially a heist right you know they're going to steal bruce maddox who's there on free cloud. And the way they're going to do that is that they're going to impersonate people who would, you know, trade in Borg drones. And so you've got everyone in costume, like they're going on a holodeck episode. Um, And actually, before
0: you continue down the, the path of uh, summarizing the episode, I do want to say that the scenes that you're referring to with, with the crew, um, this is the, you know, this is really the first mission we've seen on this crew. And even though no time has really passed, now a significant amount of time since the last episode. Um, you have seen that in that short amount of time and I'm of two minds on this they have developed a camaraderie, right? They have a way of speaking to each other. they have a you know a criticism of each other and an understanding of each other's uh, you know weirdness. Shortcomings, yeah. Um, you know, you see that in those opening scenes uh, a, a little bit more of that relationship between the characters, which wasn't, you know, because last, because the first three episodes were just getting the band together, and then the fourth episode was Picard off on a planet getting, um, the Elrod, Elrod, Elron, <laughs> Elnor, Elnor. Elnor. <laughs> Uh, Like, because Picard was off on the planet, you didn't, you have not actually seen the crew interact for more than a couple minutes at a time. So I appreciated seeing that interaction um, a bit more. Uh, Now, uh, you know, obviously... I I would have liked a little bit more progression before they became so overly familiar with each other. But at the same time, I'm glad to get to a place where there's some stability in the crew. Um, Actually, we'll talk about that later because there's really no stability in this crew.
1: (laughs) So, you know, we see, we see them all together in costume. You know, Picard's got an eye patch on, leather, leather jacket, black leather gloves. Um, he looks like a Mond villain, right? Um, and he's got an absurd, an absurd French accent <laughs> that, I mean, just tickles me. You know, uh, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was really well done. Um, you've got, uh, uh, Captain Rios, you know, Captain Cristobal Rios, uh, dressed as a pimp. Uh, you know, in fact, they, they make the comment, you need a feather for that hat. The next thing you know, he's got a feather in his hat. Um. I, I got a huge kick out of that, Paul. I, you know, and, and you know, all of them are who are going down to the planet. Or, have got their you know different identities that they're going to have. Though Seven doesn't because you know she's going to be the Borg. They they uh, trade for for Bruce Maddox and Elner doesn't because Elner can't tell a lie. Yeah, right. You know, because Elner is, has has got the has adopted the the uh, philosophy of absolute candor and does, doesn't know how to lie. In fact, he's surprised when he observes that oh. You're lying,
0: (laughs) you know, he is the Drax slash legalist of the team. That is true. Drax. I, yeah,
1: it was a, a really a very fun scene where, you know, the, the crew is getting ready to go down to the planet. And when we get down to the planet, we, we meet, I think one of my favorite aliens that I've seen since we've relaunched star Trek on CBS all access, Mr. Vup. Yeah. I really got a kick out of Mr. Vup. He's he's this big reptilian space gangster uh, enforcer muscle guy, and he was a lot of fun. Very sad that we don't get to spend much time with Mr. Vup because uh, you know he yeah is killed. he dies he dies pretty he, he gets zapped yeah 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 poor no. Mr. Vup. But uh, you know we we find Bruce Maddox. You know he has been captured by uh, I forget the 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 character's name. I have that here. Uh, He has been... We saw earlier in the episode... Where he, you know, flees to these people on Freecloud, looks for their help, and they're like, "Oh, you know, it, like it was like two weeks ago, right?" And uh, we find that that his quote friends at Freecloud decide to uh, sell him to the Tal Shiar, and so when Picard, and, you know, and, and uh, Captain Rios beam down to the planet, they convince Mister Vup that we've got some some Borg to uh, share with you uh, in exchange for Bruce Maddox, will make it worth your while to, you know, uh, betray the Tal Shiar. And, you know, so they show up with, uh, seven of nine. And of course, you know, they, you know, seven of nine is in her, uh, her Chewbacca handcuffs on the death star. And of course, you know, she's got the little secret trick to, to, to bust out of them. And, uh, you know, Turns out that the lady who you know is betray who is you know selling Bruce Maddox to them, is the lady who is responsible for killing Icheb. Because apparently, Seven of Nine and this lady used to work together in the early days of the Fenris Rangers. And it's at this point, Paul, that I'd like to stop for a second and say, when the, every time they say Fenris Rangers, I keep getting a very distinct Babylon.
0: Family. I was thinking the same thing. Every time they said the Rangers, I, which you know goes back to, um, I think we talked a little bit about this at the end of last episode where Seven of Nine kind of accidentally came across Picard. It really was kind of coincidental that yeah, she came across Picard.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that that's exactly what that was. Is that we're supposed to believe that that was just complete, completely happened?
0: Which I'm not a fan of. I, I feel like she could have easily somehow gotten wind of his mission and and tagged along to get the revenge that she was seeking. Um and that could have easily been explained away. So the fact that they blew it off as coincidence yeah. in all of space, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. A- again, like I said, still my favorite episode, I'm going to keep saying that, but I have but I have but I have some
1: qualms. <laughs> well, before we come back to 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 the stuff that's about to go down at the bar, um it seems like there was something else we needed to talk
0: about. The, the uh, Picard's number 1 who has become a yes, who has become estranged from her son. And that's why she wants to go to free cloud because that's where her son and her grandchild I don't recall the sex. Yeah. Her granddaughter, her um, live. And she's never met her granddaughter because her son became estranged when Rafi got on the, on, on that, that sweet, sweet drugs, um, in her dark times.
1: Is the granddaughter they're referring to the one that's in utero or is there a granddaughter and then another baby?
0: I believe, too, because he kind of referred to one as like being there. That's the impression I got.
1: Well, because I remember her saying grand, and he said daughter. And I just didn't know if that – when, when the, the pregnant Romulan – I assume Romulan maybe maybe a, a Vulcan. You know, every, We see so many pointed-eared uh, Romulans, I just assume that everybody's a Romulan. But maybe she's a Vulcan. But she comes out, and uh, in fact, I, if I recall correctly, she's got a Romulan haircut. And that's how you can tell them, Paul. The hair. The hair gives it away. That's how you can away. tell him the Romulan haircut. Anyway, she's very pregnant. And so I just didn't know if, if maybe there's two grandkids. You're probably you. right.
0: Uh, full, full disclosure, but, uh, I did not notice she was pregnant. So, really, <laughs> yeah, I was too busy looking at the Romulan haircut. Apparently,
1: well, yeah, Romulan haircuts, I'll get you every time. So, you know, we find out that Rafi has uh, has more of a, a addiction problem, a substance use problem, than I really thought they had demonstrated. You know, we certainly saw that she was, you know, enjoying the snake weed. Um, but apparently, she was, you know, a little bit more into her cups and a little bit into her snake weed than than I certainly gathered from the first two episodes. Well,
0: she kind of made it sound like she cleaned up cleaned up a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I gathered that that her cleanup was because of Picard. Do you think she was cleaning up before Picard got there? I got the. Imp- I don't know, like like you said, because she was still using. Uh, we see her, her 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 you know burn one while he's there. But I don't know how bad snake weed is supposed to be. I mean, I, I in the first in the first couple of episodes when we meet Rafi and you know she she you know puts it into her vape pen or whatever it is. Uh, there's a name for it that they talk about like it's a thing. Um, but uh, I don't know if that is the equivalent to marijuana. Or if it's something more sinister. And I gather that it's something more sinister.
0: Yeah, you know, it wasn't. It, Picard didn't seem to have an issue with it.
1: He seemed concerned. Yeah. That, that was the, the look that I interpreted on his face. But I also think that she very much, more so than the addiction, that she couldn't let go of her conspiracy theory. And because everybody, Picard include, included, doesn't believe her underlying theory of what's happened with Mars. Um, you know, that that there was a Romulan infiltration to stop the uh, evacuations um, and the rescue effort, um, that everyone believes her to to essentially be wearing a, a tinfoil helmet, right? That she's just off her nut. And that, that I found, I, I, I gathered from her son that that more than the addiction is what estranged her from her family.
0: I think you're right. You know, he did refer yeah. to the to the addiction, but or she referred to the addiction in their conversation. But I do think it was more her being a crackpot, and then she went off the handle in their conversation about her conspiracy right. theory.
1: Yeah, when he referred to it, like I, I want to say, he said, "Well, you're a conspiracy theory." It's not a conspiracy theory. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she, she completely went went off her nut. Um, and you know, it's a little heartbreaking to see that she's really trying to reconnect, and she, he just absolutely shuts her down. Yeah. And you know the her daughter in law, you know, it's like, Oh, well how long will you be staying? you know, just being very welcoming as you would hope that your daughter in law might be. And you know, the son just jumps in and says, Oh, she can't stay, she's on her way elsewhere. And uh, yeah, that's heartbreaking. Poor Rafi. You know, to see that and, and and you know, we don't see Rafi again in that episode. We hear her behind a door saying, Leave me alone. But she's but, back on uh, the ship. We did not get to see how that Yeah, she's back on the ship and Rios refers to her as uh their stowaway. Mm-hmm. You know, that she – because, you know, she was supposed to just be gone and done, which we knew that wasn't going to happen. You know, Rafi is too big of a character uh, for her to just exit at this point. But uh, it it was sad. I I was sad to see that.
0: Yeah, but we did see the exit of another character in this episode. Yeah. Which, you mean uh, beyond Echeb? Beyond Echeb. <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure Seven well, of Nine know, I, is not and, and, coming back to, to Seven of Nine is not coming back to uh to become a regular, despite being so heavily featured in the uh, Oh, I think she's
1: coming I think I think she'll be back
0: later. Maybe later on in the season, you know, kinda of like a Mandalorian yeah. thing where you, you, you've you're introduced to these characters throughout the season and then they come back for the finale. Um but she's not part of the regular crew.
1: I was a little sad to see that Echeb wasn't played by the original actor.
0: Yeah, I don't know why the choice was made for that. I guess just Time, you know.
1: Well, you know, I I I know he's still working. You know, he's he's still uh, working as an actor and as a producer. I believe Manu Interame, I believe is his name, Manu Interame. But he was played by Casey King, a much easier name to pronounce. And maybe that was the reason they
0: got. (laughs) uh, That's what I would do.
1: Yeah, but you know, he was only on screen for two minutes, so you know, maybe Manu said, "Nah," but it just would have been nice to have that closure. You know. You know, for it to be that guy, but you know, we're back in the bar, and uh, we got your seven of nine, and and she is is uh, you know the, the caper goes down that you know Mr. Vup gets killed. They throw down on the lady who has uh, uh, taken Bruce Maddox and uh, you know sold Bruce Maddox back to them, and it looks like they're going to shoot him down. And you know, Picard talks her out of it you know he's like this isn't who we are you know we we're going to take Bruce we're going to get out of here it's you know not going to be a thing we we're, we're better than this you know you get the whole you know familiar star trek star trek the next generation morality play that we we have achieved more we don't have to do this we don't have to to murder people revenge is not you know is not going to make you happy it's not going to satisfy you So they beam back up to the La Arena. Bruce Maddox gets shuffled off to sick bay where he can get taken care of in time for him to share uh, some information with Picard about, you know, where Soji is. So we learn Picard learns Soji's name, finds out that Soji's on the Borg artifact in Romulan space. So important information was gleaned. Everybody leaves sick bay to to leave uh, Bruce Maddox alone with his girlfriend, Agnes, Dr. Agnes Jurati, who, you know, while picard is getting this information from bruce maddox she is you know in the foreground looking very uncomfortable in the overhearing of this information and you're you know we had said before that we felt like agnes might not be as nice and as good as she seemed that her arrival seemed a little off you know that she got in behind uh, the jad in uh episode three um and uh, sure enough, uh, she gets some quality alone time with Bruce Maddox and uh, kills him, Paul. She has to de- deactivate. Has to deactivate the emergency medical hologram that keeps like why, why is your, uh, why are you so stressed? Why do you have all this anxiety? What's going on with your blood pressure? And then uh, you know turns him off so that she can uh, put the kill on Bruce Maddox. Um, that's how she treats her boyfriends, Paul. D E D. You don't dead. want to date Agnes Gerardi. No, I don't know. You, you were the
0: one who thought she was cute, but she's a murderess.
1: Well, you know, sometimes, you know, murderesses are the cutest ones. Sometimes. Nah. Yeah. But, you know, she does say something very ominous to uh, Bruce as she's killing him off. Cause he's like, why, why? And she says, uh, you don't know what I know. And I don't know if that's because she found out something horrible from Commodore O or if there's something else.
0: I'm gonna assume it's related to the conversation she had with Commodore O in episode two or three, whenever. I think that was episode two. At the end of episode two,
1: there there was a moment in this episode where I was like, "Is Agnes an android?" And then, you know, clearly not. But uh, she, there was just a moment where she just seemed other. You know, she didn't seem human. Uh, You know, she Hmm. just she just seemed alien. Uh, but I don't think that, I think that was her, just her anxiety um, where she was, where she was so off. But uh, yeah, you know, when everybody, when they left her alone with Bruce Maddox, I was like, oh, oh, this is bad. You yeah. never leave them, leave them alone. <laughs> you know, that's just bad, 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 bad. So, uh, Picard goes back and, you know, seven, of, seven of Nine's like, yeah, you know, the Fenris Rangers, you know, from Babylon five sent me a, uh, a, a backup ship. So I'm going to go ahead and beam on out of here, but I'm going to take a couple of your phasers with me if you don't mind. Cause I'm a little short-handed." Oh yeah, sure. You knock yourself out. and She asks Picard as she leaves, she says, you know, the Borg assimilated you, the Starfleet reclaimed you. Did you ever feel human again? And he says, "Absolutely." She goes, "Did you ever feel like parts were missing?" And he said, "Absolutely." And uh, you know, we've got these two characters, you know, both from from two different Star Trek shows, you know, who, who've both experienced the same thing, right? And uh, you know, Star Trek uh, Picard really wants to imagine the best about Seven, and Seven beams back down to the bar. I assume she beamed over to her ship and then down to the bar because I would have thought someone would look at the controls going, hey, I thought she was going to her ship. Why is she going back to that bar? But she goes back to the bar there at the casino planet and uh, guns down the, the the woman who is responsible for the death of Icheb. And that's, you know, what I was talking about, Paul, is, you know, we saw how brutal the murder was of, you know, how, how brutally torturous uh, Icheb's last moments were under that woman's uh, guidance. And I know the last fight I ever got into as an adult, right? This was 25 years ago, uh, thereabouts, um, was when a guy kicked my dog. And I went completely off my nut. I've never hit another person as hard as I hit that guy. Um, That's how I reacted with somebody kicking my dog. I can only imagine the parents' fury of uh, losing something, somebody that they regard as a child that way. And so I had no problem at all when Seven bol- disintegrates the woman and then blasts her way out of the casino.
0: Yeah. No, I thought it was a pretty good scene. You know, I, 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 I thought it was a very emotionally effective ending.
1: Yeah. It I, I felt earned. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel, again, didn't feel gratuitous. It felt earned.
0: You know, a couple of interesting thoughts I had about this episode. Um, one, you know, the, the, the free, free, free port. Say it one more time. What is it? Free cloud. Free cloud. I did I watch the show. Cloud, just I do though. watch Picard, just so you know. <laughs> it has Legolas and Freeport. Um right. So free cloud has been. Lothlorian. <laughs> has been talked about for, for a solid three episodes now, four almost. Wow. But in. Actuality, and this is the this is the episode where they where you can tell they spent all their budget in the first few episodes, um, so they had to, to to basically free cloud with this being as big of a deal as it was made out to be. One, we really only saw one room of free cloud, and it was kind of a scarcely furnitured bar with some lights yeah, really hanging dark. from the ceilings. It's like yeah. a strip club.
1: It's like a strip club.
0: Yeah, and that was it. That was the entirety of free cloud that we saw. And mm-hmm. two. There were multiple references to Quark having a bar on FreeCloud. No actual that, Quark. Did,
1: did, was it that he had a, a bar on FreeCloud, or was it that they got a reference from Quark? Because that's what I heard, is that they got a reference from Quark. Uh, you could
0: be right. He, he, I see, It seemed to me that he was mentioned twice I didn't in the get episode. the impression
1: that he was there. I, I got that they you know, called Quark's bar, wherever Quark's doing business these days, and got the reference. But I liked that Easter egg. I, I did. I just wanted to see yeah. Quark. <laughs> yeah, I would I'd like to see a Ferengi on screen. Me. We've not seen a Ferengi since, uh, you know, we, we, we've had these Star Trek uh, CBS All Access shows. So I'd like to see one.
0: That's true. Yeah, I'd like to see – and I
1: want to see them look like they should look. <laughs> you know, you I mean, don't need I, to redesign them. Yeah, please don't. Please don't redesign them. I need to see them headgear and all. And, you know, if they act mm-hmm. quick enough, they can get Armin Shimmerman to do the part. You know, yeah. that wouldn't that be great to get Armin Shimmerman back?
0: I th- that's what I was hoping for when they yeah. said when they dropped the name, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: I'd eat that up. But now I would eat that up. Well, but, Paul, I think you enjoyed this episode.
0: I did. Overall, you know, I, I appreciated the dark elements mixed with the humorous elements. Um, you know, it, it made for an interesting episode. You know, similar to what you were referring to earlier, that has a bit of a darkness to it, an unexpected darkness to an otherwise whimsical episode. It starts dark, and it ends dark, and in the middle you've got this whimsical little, little you know, um, thing that, you know, this uh, heist yeah. that goes wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, overall I did enjoy the episode. Uh, you know, like I said, it, I definitely had some, some qualms, mostly about, like, the budget. The budget on screen being so obviously a cutback from pre- prior episodes. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the context of the episode, the, the bar worked fine. Yeah,
1: I dug it. I dug it quite a bit. I, I I agree with, with what you're saying in terms of, uh, you know, production spend, but I got a big kick Mm -hmm. out of this episode and I'm looking forward to the next one.
0: Me too. And so next week we'll be back to talk about episode six, SACE. Of Star Trek, with, of Star Trek uh, Picard, <laughs> did, 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 did I cut and you off? I,
1: I know. I'm just cracking up at that. Uh, suddenly, we're a bilingual cast. <laughs> we are.
0: We are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know six in any other uh, language. Yeah.
1: Six in uh, German. Out uh, Sex. Six.
0: <laughs> That's a different. That is a different episode. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, we would love to know what you thought about this episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. So give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise.
0: Uh, you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Leave us your thoughts on this episode. Leave us your thoughts on Star Trek: Picard or any of the nude, uh, news uh, nude any of the news items we discussed. Um, and give us your thoughts on what the potential unknown mystery Star Trek show uh, going into production could be.
1: Very exciting. Well, Paul, we'll chat with you next week. And, you know, we've invoked some, uh, you know, Lords of the Rings in this show, some Babylon 5. I'm thinking Space 1999 next time.
0: Oh, (laughs) I got to do some research.
1: (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays, no troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.